Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. What is going on, everybody? We are live right here. Uh, I got a very special human being in the room. For those of you that uh, want the personal update, my stepson is deploying today for basic training. And Mike Wander is former military, so we had a great conversation before this. Uh, go ahead and change your chat settings to everyone down in the bottom right-hand corner and let us know where you're tuning in from in the chat. Mike, what's going on, buddy? Not much. How's it going, party people? Uh, oh, it's been a while since you've been here. It has been. It has been wild. I'm glad to be back. And uh, I see we got some Michigan in here. We got Denver, huge Denver yeah. fan. I'm calling it from Cincinnati. I used to live in San Diego and I moved back to Cincy. So I'm here in Cincinnati, Ohio, the nice boring place of the East Coast. Hey, no, I know boring places if you're one of those people that can make the party happen in the room, you know. Shout out to New Jersey. Y'all got like a major deer problem in New Jersey, I hear. I'm coming out there and we're going to take care of that. They told me not even to bring my guns, just bring the car and I can hit them on the road. It's totally fine. There you Son go, Chris. Jersey. Chris is in KY. We're just like a river across. There we got Poland here. Here we go. And yeah. Colombia. There we go. There's our, there is our international team. Now we yeah. feel... Like we're we're having some more party people up in there, you know. Well, let's kick it off for everybody since we've got enough folks in the room. I'm gonna go ahead and launch this question here. This is kind of how we tailor the conversation. Once again, if you're coming in now, go ahead and change your chat settings down to everyone and let us know where you're tuning in from in the chat. We like to see all the places that we've been and the places that we've visited over the years always have great people in them. So we like to see those names in the chat. Uh, if you've had training from one of us or if you've met one of us in person, let us know. You're here to talk about how to increase your cold email open rates by 3x. Now, the man that's in the room, Mr. Mike Wander from Lavender is here. Uh, this guy's whole job is about emails. That's his focus every single day. He talks about emails. He analyzes emails. He opens emails so that he can read emails and get feedback. That is the job. Big shout out to our partners, Gong, Vouch, and Outplay is bringing the fire for you today. 3X your meetings, but not your budget. Ditch that expensive tech stack and get truly a one-stop shop solution for sales engagement. I'm gonna drop this link in the chat. This guided ramp up is what you get with this, and I'm dropping that there. If you close on this before May 20th, you can save 30% on your annual subscription outplay get it in get it done that's the name of the game right there before we get started if you're looking to level up in 2023 you know that we've got you covered we now offer instant access to all of our training our resources our tips tactics and techniques right here scan that qr code on your screen or visit us at sellbetter.xyz mike fill in the blank for me subject lines should be blank so that they grab the attention of your prospect early what should they be they should be attentive, interesting, and very dull and boring. Okay. And what I mean by dull and boring is the interesting part, right? So if you're not doing that internal cameo, then it's not going to be interesting. But if you do, if you go to the mic, or if I say I'm emailing you, James, and I'm like, James, 2x your reply rates, the first thing you're thinking is, well, this is spam, or this is, this is a sales email. I'm going to go ahead and click delete. So I would say they need to be internal camouflage, right? They need to be boring and dull, but at the same time, provoke some interest and curiosity. 
Well, we're going to give you a lot of specifics around subject lines and other aspects today, but let me tell you a little bit about what you're going to get. You're going to get five compelling hooks that you can start using. We're going to talk about two of them and show you three others that you can start using right away. Talk about testing and optimizing new stuff. Very important for reps that they're testing new things to see what works best for their buyers. And then obviously we're going to give you some tried and true proven subject lines that Mike's been using every single day. Let's take a look at who's in the room here. No shocker, subject lines dominating on the SDR side, but shout out to the AEs, right? Yeah. I mean, hey, glad to see the AEs and frontline and senior managers. They're at just the, the total of frontline and senior managers was about the same as the AEs. You know, we need to see more more leadership in the room for these types of conversation. This is how you impact change by learning about things that work, right? Yeah, it's sad. You know, I, I do a lot of training with other teams. And what I've realized is like the senior leadership has the most influence on their SDRs and their AEs. So if you're a senior leader and you're learning from some of the experts that are out there and like you're taking your time to go to sell better shows, right? You're going to take those, those learnings, you're going to put them back to your team. So it just really is just an everlasting cycle of learning. Well, I want to start this conversation off with hooks. And before I do, I want to ask this question so that while we're talking about it, you guys can let me know in the chat. Do you write your subject lines before or after you write the emails? Let me know before or after in the chat right now. Mike, talk to me about hooks that you've been using. We've got a few. Yeah. So the hook is what sparks the interest, right? It's what's like, oh, I got to read that. Right. Like I, I got to know more. I have to know more. It's, it's just, it's gnawing at you. Right. And so I like to use, but or, and, and then like insights. Cause what it is, is you're like, all right, you know, email problems and like, oh God, what other, what else is next? Right. Like <laughs> what other issue is there? And so you just feel like you have to open that. Um, another one, like for insights, right? Like, um, we have an example in here for later on, but like, you know, Mike's insights. Okay. Well, now it's, you know, I've Mike's on my team. I know of Mike or it, the name might ring a bell and you're like, okay, well, I want to know what Mike was saying because they're on my team and I should probably read this email or maybe that's my senior leader and I should probably open this, all of that good stuff. That's good stuff. You had another one too, that you threw out there. You said, however, sometimes yeah. there's this moment where you can dot, dot, dot somebody essentially in a subject line and that prompts them to one, open to see, or at least scan that first line. We'll talk about that later on, but talk to me about however, how would you use that? You give a good example. Yeah, for sure. So I would say like with however, I would say, um, you know, email, yes, like emails are, mm, that's not a good one. Let me do, let me do something different here. I want to change it up. So I would say like, um, cold emails aren't getting replies. However, right. Or your team can book your your team's not booking enough meetings. However, like it's that extra emphasis, it's that word on the back end that you're like, there's 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 light, right? Or like if you use it the right way, if you use it punchy enough, it's like a sigh of relief. Like, James, you know, sales training sucks. However, and then you're like, okay, what's the next line? Right? It doesn't have to. Luckily, there's people that sell better who do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, we're here to help. Exactly. Uh, it's, very, it's very much the setup for like the thing that you do. However, here's this piece of knowledge. Uh, the insights piece caught my attention as well. And you gave us this example and you offer insights here, but then you also ask a question. Break this email down and how you use the insights to get that uh, with Tahanas here. 
Yeah. So essentially what I did was I reached out and I got, and I had some communication with some people on this team and my entire premise of it was just, you know, Hey, I just want to ask a general question. I wasn't asking for a meeting. I just reached out to, you know, a frontline manager on LinkedIn. We were just chatting back and forth, going through the good stuff. And what I did was I caught out bits and pieces of our conversation that could help arm me for a very focused, very hyper relevant, which comes off more personalized, right? E, super relevant email. So I did was like, hey, Tiana's insights. Well, I sent that to her VP. So as a frontline manager, emailing a VP, you're thinking, oh, what did my frontline manager say? Right. And so I can get past that like internal spam filter of, you know, is this a marketing or a, a sales email? I have no idea. Right. Yeah. What I do know though is this person talked to me on my team. And then as you break it down, I'm just like, hey, I go right into it. I met with X person. They had awesome things to say about whatever. Right. She mentioned XYZ. How can we help? Right. What is that problem that goes into it? And how can we help? Yo, I kind of used this uh, in a way the other day that was a little, uh, what's the word? I was unintentional, but the result was amazing. So I had this great conversation with a rep that was on the front lines and I just reached out to the leader and I was like, Hey, I just had a great conversation with one of your reps. You got a great one there. His name is, and I gave him the name. This rep immediately reached out and was like, thanks for the kind words. My manager just told me you complimented me, right? I earned that respect with that frontline rep. I earned that conversation about what the rep did well with the leader. And now we have a relationship foundation that we can build on. I just love that. I want to talk about uh, subject line best practices that most sellers forget or they just neglect it. They don't consider it. And the one that you gave me was they don't consider punctuation. So let's give these tips really quick to everybody so that they can understand some yeah. of the downfalls that people have uh, when it comes to creating these subject lines. Yeah. So when it comes to creating a subject line, you don't want to have punctuation in it like exclamation points, like two extra reply rates, exclamation point, or like yeah. email problems with an exclamation point. Because as soon as they see that punctuation, they're like, no one on my team or no one that is emailing me about that is actually saying that, right? Like no one's adding that part into the subject line. The other thing is going to be like some, some subs as an example, something that does work with punctuation is like quick question. Quick question is fine. That's an internal camouflage. But if you put the question mark at the end, it's so unnatural. Like no one says like, I have a question, question mark. That's like asking two things at once, right? So to think about that, the other one is going to be adding numbers in your subject line. Numbers, as soon as they see that, they're like, oh, mm, this is not like, this is an internal email. This is definitely a sales email or definitely some sort of marketing email. So stay away from that. Um, but what ends up happening is when you, <laughs> when you have that, I'm Ron Burgundy, there you go. And so- <laughs> When, I don't know why it just got me laughing so hard, but <laughs> when you have the number, the numbers and the punctuation, all this other stuff in your subject line, it takes away that internal camouflage filter. And what, what I mean by internal camo is when I look at an email and I'm triaging my inbox, cause that's what people are doing. I want it to be like, just skim right by it so that I don't delete it, but it's still there at the end of the day. So what happens with your subject lines and very successful subject lines is it's not provoking interest to open it right away. What it's doing is it's hiding the email so that when they do go back to triage through their inbox more or you know in depth, they can get straight to your first line. I want to lead them to your hook to their first line to then set your up set yourself up for success. I see. It's good advice right there. Uh, let me know if this has been useful for you so far. You've heard some hooks. If you guys use those hooks, what are the hooks that you've been using? I want to hear from you in the chat. 
Uh, what are you going to start doing right away that you've learned right now? Uh, I like to give people some actual subject lines that they can start testing. Uh, and you and I came up with a couple that you've been using recently. So go ahead and share some of these and how you've been using them. And if you have uh, some some things that you want to show or talk about for, for as far as results go, I'd love to hear that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And so for like intro to company, the reason why this one's really good is because I could say intro to lavender. Now, if I'm emailing a sales leader, they have no idea. And it's not, I know what you're, some people are thinking that's tricky. It's not tricky, right? Because you're not writing your body text to be all this stuff about how you're trying to intro, you know, I'm, I'm an SDR trying to intro you to my AE, like that's tricky. But when you say intro to lavender and you highlight a problem, you're just using intro to lavender to get them to open the email. And then inside that email, you talk about the rest of the stuff, right? And then for X issues, think like email issues, deliverability issues, um, coaching issues, things like that. Something that's going to grab the attention. You're like issues. Okay. I should probably open this email. Um, and then Mike sent me, right. Or James sent me. You're just, again, it's kind of like Tiana's insights, right? You're calling out a familiar name, somebody who's a frontline manager or a senior leader in that company, or maybe somebody you talk to. You're just like, Hey, this person sent me. Why would you not open it? Yeah, and you've got an example here of issues going outward. Now, I'm assuming that when you use issues here, you want to tie this back to what you're doing. And I think the same can be said for this person that sent me, right? Like this person sent me and we talked about, you know, insert value proposition here or insert value that you're going to deliver in yeah. the coming sentences to <laughs> that right here, right? So I want to make it very clear that X is relevant to the to the us part but also relevant to the individual no it is yeah absolutely it should be relevant about the individual right like you're reaching out to i'm reaching out to james to find out why sell better ha might have email issues now i wouldn't just reach out to you know somebody who's not going to care about emails with that information use that information to go to the person who's going to care most about solving that problem to give that to them to book that him Amber said, X, go and give it to you. Yo, this audience, <laughs> this audience is so scary. This is a good audience. We got some, some Ron Burgundy in here. If you X, go and give it to you. There we go. All right, uh, let's uh, let's continue the train with the audience. Chelsea, I'm dying as well. I've often heard that open rates are the thing that we should consider and focus on as we move towards a sense of volume for our outbound emails. And that, that's what impacts everything else. I, I've heard this all the time. Put a one in the chat if anyone has ever said, you need better open rates if you want better responses. You need better open rates if you want better clicks. Put a one in the chat if some leader somewhere said, you need better open rates. And they call that like spam one. Yeah. Or, or, yeah. Or, or, you have, <laughs> or was you it say, ones? You say this is nonsense and that people believe this and that it's not real. Talk to me about the effect on open rates that you've been witnessing over the last few months. Yeah. So there's there's a couple factors to, to open rates, but ultimately the, this graphic is showing like, hey, the more you write in your subject line, the less your open rate is, right? This is across hundreds of millions of emails that Lavender has analyzed. The most effective subject lines are two to three words or one to three per se. Um, with that sweet spot of two. Now, here's the reason why subject lines are a little bit iffy. It's because it's hard to tell if someone actually opened your email or not. Spam bots get out there and they're analyzing emails it shows as an open. Some people, if you go back and you open up your own email, it'll show as an open, right? The other thing is, what can you do on an iPhone or an Android? 
80% of buyers and prospects open up emails on their phone first. And you can hover over the email, read almost the entire thing. And if you don't want to respond to it, you should delete it. So that open rate is kind of ambiguous. And you can even open it in some cases with the, the new iPhone, like you know the detection filter there that kind of internal camouflages if you've opened it or not. And it's, so it's just really hard to track. So the most effective metric to track is your reply rate. Mm, the most effective metric to track is your reply rate. Don't be fooled by your open rates thinking that that's a win. It's not always a win because it gets opened 47 times. Uh, yeah, you didn't write an excellent said. subject line, right? They forwarded <laughs> it on to everybody and said, don't do this. <laughs> yeah, that's ChatGPT. Well, Chris, Chris said that too, right? Like, Chris is like, ah, ChatGPT is going to start opening up emails for you. There you go. Oh, hey, now that's a whole different conversation. Now let's not open up the chat GPT can of worms. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm going to get started on that. That actually is a good your... point there though. Yeah, yeah we're going there. So chat GPT, okay? Great, great tool to use as an assistant. Here's where I see most sellers right now. I'm actually going to be giving, here you go, quality, not quantity. Amen. So, all right. I'm going to be given a training later on today on, uh, to an S for an SKO on this. But one of the things that I've seen out of the wake of ChatGPT is sellers have started to use it and they're relying on it for everything. They're seeing it as their source of truth. Problem is you should use it as an 80% solution. You have to change things up, especially if you're using it to write emails or like open lines and things like that. And the reason why is because Google and Microsoft have waged war against AI wrote emails. It's very easy to tell if an email has been written by an AI. So make sure if you use GPT to write your email, you still go through and rewrite it. <laughs> in your own words, don't just pump it into the machine and then take what it gives without actually making it your own. I saw a video on YouTube recently with our good friend, Will Aitken, who's one of my favorite humans in SaaS. Uh, and he said that we should stop trying to think of ways to get our email read and start thinking of how to get our emails and how to not get our emails deleted. And I love yeah. this mental shift, but how do we put this into practice? You said there's a logical fallacy in email today. There is, yeah, there's a logical fallacy. Ma major majority of people that are out there see it as you have to get your email opened and replied to, but that's not true. Your goal should be to get your email opened and then read. Because what happens is when you're focused on getting your email read, you become centric around the person you're emailing. What are their problems? What are the pains they're going through? And then you ask a question to provoke a response. When you're focused on you, right, or that reply, you start to give them all the unnecessary information they don't need yet. They're not ready for it. They're not ready to learn about what all Lavender does or Sell Better does to solve this problem. But what they are ready for is to say, here's a problem. Here's the implications of those pro that problem. There's hope. Here's how you can solve it in one sentence. Let's go in and ask that person now, is this something you're dealing with or am I totally off here? Right? They're going to give you some information there. But if you ask them, you know, James, you have, you have next week, you have 30 minutes to talk on Tuesday. They're going to be like, no, I do not. Delete. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, talk around metrics. We talk a lot about the amount of emails that need to go out. We're talking about subject lines. I feel like uh, subject lines, punctuation, this all plays into some sem semblance of volume, right? Yeah. Uh, so my question to you now is how many emails do you send 
a day. Mike is going to drop some stats, but let's talk about that opening line, which I think plays a role in open rates, reply rates, what captures attention. What's the best practice for opening lines that you can provide a formula, a strategy, something that works often for you? Yeah, for opening lines, it's more of like, are we talking opening lines or? Yeah, like the preview that people see as they scan their inbox, you know, they see yep. that subject line and then there's this like first five to 10 words, depending on how big your screen is, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. It's highlighting a problem, okay? Highlighting a problem to get them to open that email and then leading them into a hook. So for instance, hey James, I was talking to Mike and he mentioned that's it. That's all they're going to see. He mentioned, right? And that's the preview text they see. Well, what he mentioned, they open it. Now you can go in, right? He mentioned replies were an issue, but comma, there's your hook. There's your opening line. Now it's all up to you to capsulate the rest of that interest. But what you're doing with the opening line is you're capturing interest. You're capturing, capturing intrigue to get them to continue to read. Now, Looks like a go ahead. I was going to say, with that being said, Stop, get away from informative tones. Okay. okay? Informative tones have 26% fewer replies on average, which means essentially what's an informative tone, right? It's educating someone. It's essentially you saying, look, here's Lavender. This is what we do. And here's how we help people. That's informative. That's me educating. Or like, this is why emails go into trash because you send more than 50 emails a day to a unique person, which gets caught by spam filters. That's informative. Right, which would fall into the results, you know, the results of the survey here. I, it's an interesting survey because you know, fifty to hundred, I thought was where most people would focus, just because of the tendency to be able to use our automation heavily. Uh, but I, this three percent, yes, <laughs> you hit it. Yeah, you this this three percent down here at the reel that in a little bit, right? I don't care what your subject line is; that volume is out of control. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's when you hit deliverability problems. So fun fact for you all, if you send 50 unique emails, more than 50 unique new emails a day, you go into spam 46% more on it. 46% is a high number. Uh, another interesting thing that you said that caught me off guard was you said people make the mistake of personal, too heavily personalizing this first line. And you think this is something that we get told to do a lot, uh, and I think it becomes a best practice, quote unquote, but you say that this is often a misleading thing to tell people to do. Why do you say this? Yeah, it is. It's because, look, at the end of the day, the most effective personalized email is hyper-relevant. It's not just like, hey, James, congrats on your stepson making it into the military if you made a post about it, right? That's great, but it is not, hey, James, congrats on your stepson making it into the military you have email problems. Here's how we can help. <laughs> it just gets off of it. So just, you have to, you have to focus on the issue. You have to focus on hyper relevancy and weed in some personalization. Well, it so, so it looked like a lot of people were in the zero to 50 and 50 to 100 range. Talk about your first three months at Lavender, give the data behind that, and then talk about how leaders respond often to these types of numbers. Yeah. So my first three months at Lavender, I sent 314 emails and I booked to, uh, what was it? 103 or some, some odd accounts it was hundred. I think it was 103 total accounts. Yes or no. Do you think that's a lot? Let us know in the chat. 314 emails in three months. Yes or no in the chat. Do you think that's a lot of emails? Yeah. So 314 emails in three months to 103 different accounts. Now, I just see some stuff booking in. So before we talk about the meetings booked, I would love to see that. Uh, 
Everybody's saying no. Some people say yeah. A couple of yeses in there. Yeah, we got one that said high success. Look at that. He's got faith. You got it. He got it. All right. So so let's uh, break the break the tension. What do you got? Talk yeah. about <laughs> So I booked 87 of those 103 accounts. So 87 out of those 103 accounts that I sent emails to, I booked. Now, all of that being said, a lot of those it sounds like great product market fit. You got it, right? You nailed it on the head. But Having great product market fit is one thing. It's how you talk about that product market fit. Why do you have product market fit? What pain are you solving so well that gives you the product market fit you have, right? Out of those 87 accounts that we booked, 20 plus of them have already became customers. So th these aren't just accounts that were like booked that weren't qualified. These were qualified accounts that I sourced, I closed myself, and I'm continuing to close a lot of them. No. Um, Actually, before we got on this call, me and James were talking about one of them that closed. So there we go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Repetitioners that also help others. That's what exactly. we are. <laughs> right. And the thing is, I only spent about three to five minutes writing each one of those emails, but it's worth it. It's worth putting in the three to five minutes to write a hyper personalized, hyper relevant email to somebody that is, even if it doesn't get a reply, it's going to get interest, right? It's going to get interest. I want to point out the three to five minutes. Notice that he doesn't spend a ton of time. Let me know in the chat, how many minutes do you spend researching before you write an email to somebody? Let me know in the chat. I'm curious to see the numbers that flow through. Here we go. 20 minutes, three minutes, 15 minutes, two to three is good. Five is good. I think 10 is like as far as I would go. What do you think about 10 being like the max? Yeah. So, all right. These are crazy low, which is probably why these people are here because they're already pretty decent at email, right? Yeah. But- the industry norm, according to Gardner, is 18 to 25 minutes. Really? I did not. From, I didn't think it would be that hard. From researching to ideating what you're going to write to writing and then clicking send, 18 to 25 minutes. And here's why. James, two reasons. You have confidence in the ability to send the message and formulation of opinion on the written word document. So like, how are you writing it out? Does it actually make sense? And then you run into the confidence of like, should I, should I click send? Is James going to fire me? All right. I'm like, it's going to live in my draft folder for 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. I'll go back and read this later. I'll go back and read it. Maybe I'll send it by the end of the day and I'll come back tomorrow with fresh eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff right there. All right. We got some good questions right here. Chris Hanks, do you, you come to so many shows. Shout out to Chris. Thank you very much. He says, this is an ever going debate, ever ongoing debate. He okay. says, what's, what's the optimal length Optimal length for the body in the email. One sentence, one paragraph, one CTA. Great question. We already yep. said two words for the subject line is like top performing. So what about the body? What do you got? Yeah. So body paragraph, 25 to 50 words across 100 million plus emails. Lavender has analyzed. This goes into the second question here. Has the consistent highest reply rate. Now, ah. being said, here, here's the difference here. It's different apart, different based off of the industry that you're in, the, you know, the people you're selling to. But what we have found is almost all of our customers get settled at that 50 to 75 word mark, and they're averaging about a 26% reply rate when they hit those. Okay. That's interesting. So you got some stats there around why he supports this answer. Uh, and that also covered Daryl's question. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So data is from Lavender across 100 million emails, including Gardner and Salesforce reports. Yeah. The, the Gardner information I was surprised about. I wouldn't have expected that number to be too high. Great question from Joel here. Is that because the emails that uh, with the ask are 
shorter emails in a sequence. Uh, what, did, what, did, what did you say? What is, uh, is that? Is that is that because the emails with the ask are the shorter emails in a larger sequence? Yeah. So, okay. I'm going to drop a little, uh, some sequence knowledge here real quick. The most effective cadence or sequence of emails I've ever seen are five emails. That's it. It's five emails. The first three talk about a different pain point. You're talking about one thing. You should only, It's so short because you should only highlight one problem. If you're talking about all 10 things sell better does better than anyone else, you're going to, you're going to lose your reader, right? They're going to get lost in all the sauce. Talk about one thing, one problem that you solve for, and that's that, right? That fourth and fifth email could be more general. And then you have that like, Hey, I, I, I reached out to you. It doesn't seem like this is of interest. And I off. Nice. Mike, where can people connect with you? Tell them where to go. Yeah. They connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm on there. I try to be as active as I can. I try to post every day. I do a thing called three minute sales school where we actually break down emails and subject lines like this. So you can get some real actionable advice. I think there's like 16 episodes out there right now. Go free, dive in all the, all the email stuff that you want from me out there. Let me get and that link so people can go and connect with you there. I'm going to put that in the chat for you guys. Go connect with Mike. There it is. We got you. Thanks, Kev. Uh, all right. I want to say thank you to everybody for coming out, but let's give a final thought. You got one minute. What's one simple, easy thing people can do with their subject lines right now that's going to change the game, and then we'll wrap it up. Keep them boring. Keep them to Keep the point. Boring. Make it where people want to know what are you talking about, right? Make it where you want to know. I like to use this. If I was going to say payments done right, or payments done right the first time, you could just say payments done right. Take out the first time, just make it shorter, things like that. Payments done would probably get me to open it. Did I get paid? What happened? Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I want to tell you guys to go ahead and connect with us on social. Follow me directly at Say What Sales, but you can connect with us at sellbetter.xyz on the gram. Sellbetter.xyz on YouTube is where you can get some great tips there. Sellbetter.xyz on TikTok. And as always, we are available on our website. Go learn more about what it is to become a member at JB Sales. We are here to help you. You're the reason we put this stuff together. We'll talk to you soon. We'll bring you another stellar guest tomorrow to help you sell better. Let's do some mock cold calls, yo. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a great day. Go get them.